All right. Thanks for uh, joining us today for our talk on sleep. We'll sleep 101 here. Um, have you been sleeping, Peter? How did you sleep mm -hmm. last night? Well, it's actually funny you ask. Um, last <laughs> night I had a nightmare at about 1230 <laughs> okay. with wolves and holding my daughter. And she had one probably an hour or two later being attacked or chased by a wolf up at our grandparents' house, um, Herbert Grant's parents over Thanksgiving. So I, I'm not sure what's going on there. Okay. But, and then she ended up jumping in our bed. And as any of you guys know, if you uh, share a bed with somebody, they can cause some sleep disruption, especially if it's not a normal thing. So um, yeah, it was interesting. Right. It's been pretty good. What yeah. about yourself? <laughs> I'd say in general, been pretty good. I, I last night had a dream that I, that I woke up tired and canceled the hike I was going to go on this morning with a friend, then actually woke up not feeling tired was confused, checked my phone to see it already, if I had canceled it or not. I hadn't, so I got up and went. So, uh, yeah. Success. But it, yeah, in general, pretty pretty dang good. So um, three three main topics today. Um, why should we care about sleep? Um, what about sleep matters? And then we'll spend the bulk of the time talking about how to improve your sleep. Because the first two, thankfully, are uh, pretty common knowledge that, you know, sleep sleep's important, right? Um, but again, why is it important? Why should we care about it? Um, number one, and this you know, is pretty obvious, but mood energy, productivity. Um, when we were making this presentation yesterday, Peter just said, yep, that's good. I don't know anyone who sleeps terrible, who feels great. So <laughs> simple enough, right? Um, you probably know if you're not sleeping that well, just based on those three things alone. Um, but other other things that sleep contributes to, um, body composition or, or weight control, um, hormonal changes um, from lack of sleep affect your appetite. Uh, leptin goes down, ghrelin goes up along with some other uh, hormonal changes, and that can make it harder to make good dietary choices the next day. Um, not to mention, if you're staying up later, you're probably just giving yourself more time to eat less desirable uh, nutritional choices, right? No one's really craving broccoli or, and a chicken breast at midnight, right? You're probably going for an ice cream sundae. So another fun little tidbit on that too is as most of us, when you're sleep deprived, you tend to go towards something that's more processed, more junk, more mm -hmm. carbohydrate related. And as you get more sleep deprived, your physiology changes where your body doesn't um, digest carbohydrates as well or does it differently. So it's kind of a, a double-edged whammy there. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, other things, performance um, in a few different arenas um, for athletes. Uh, greater injury risk if you are sleep deprived. Athletes with less than eight hours of sleep a night were 70% more likely to get injured over the course of a season, according to that study there. Um, your performance and results in the gym, um, one, you're just not going to have the energy to have, you know, as good of workouts, um, but also uh, even just a one week of being restricted to five hours of sleep, decreased testosterone in a group of young males, 10 to 15%. So, you know, they're not going to have the uh, hormonal makeup to get the best results out of their sessions either. If this is something that interests you, there's tons of research in the military realm. I mean, those guys are classically sleep deprived, going through buds and other, you know, uh, camps that they do up front. A lot of them is they want to see how these guys respond when they're not optimal. And um, you know, cognitively, physiologically, emotionally, they're just getting hammered across the board. So if this is something that you don't really believe it, dive into that. There is more than you've ever wanted to know. Or become a new parent. That's another option. <laughs> um, and e even driving. Um, if you've been awake for 17 to 19 hours, that's not even crazy. You know, that'd be someone who's sleeping five to seven hours a night. They're, they're awake that long every day. Um, going 17 to 19 hours without sleep is comparable to having a 0.05 BAC. So, you know, nearing the legal limit um, as far as, you know, your the amount of uh, impairment to your motor control and your decision making and uh, things like that. So, you know, whether you're driving or doing other things, you know, you are, you're not performing the way you uh, otherwise would. Um, and then, Long-term chronic disease risk, um, poor sleep is correlated with a high risk of diabetes, you know, kind of related to the poor um, digestion of carbohydrate that Peter mentioned earlier, um, higher risk of heart disease, um, high risk of dementia. Um, so again, just this 
not only will this affect you the next day, it'll affect you down the road as well. So that's, that's why we care. Yeah. A cascade of things that we definitely don't want more of. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, so what about sleep matters? Okay. Um, total time. Um, seven to nine hours for most adults is a pretty good goal. You know, and where is that coming from? Um, we're not going to get into a ton in, into the weeds on different like sleep stages today. Um, but you know, a, a cycle through all the different stages of sleep um, is about ninety minutes or so. So this is about you know, you know, getting five of those cycles a night or about thirty-five a week for most people is a pretty good goal. Um, if you you know you miss this one night a week, hey, not not probably not a huge deal. Um, but if you are chronically under under that, um, you might be running into some trouble. So, um. Consistent sleep-wake times. And so why does that matter? You know, it helps regulate your circadian rhythm. All, you know, just a ton of different functions in your body are reliant on kind of knowing, hey, what time is it right now? And then having consistent sleep-wake times help your body operate properly and makes it easier for you to know when to sleep and when to be awake. So you're not going to be trying so hard to fall asleep at night if you have the same sleep time every night. Your body will just get in the rhythm and, you know, again, it'll just be a whole lot easier for you. So that's pro this is probably the number one thing, in my opinion, just how our bodies function on that 24 hour cycle is probably one of the most important things you can do. If like, if I, Hey, I, I could sleep eight hours here. I can sleep six hours here. And you know, if I would rather people just try to optimize those sleep and wake times as much as possible. If you miss one, don't try to make up for it right then. Just get up at your normal time, get that process rolling. Maybe try to go to bed a little bit earlier the night before, but the closer you can to being on these consistent cycles within, you know, but based off the research, if it's under 30 minutes, you're in pretty good shape. But a lot of people have a weekday schedule and a weekend schedule. So the, the more we can make these consistent, there's going to be a whole, whole host of really positive benefits. Yep. 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 Okay. So now let's get to, hey, how do you improve it? Okay. If you're not there and or you, you want to be better at it, what, what can you do? And we're just going to kind of walk you through really like an, an optimal day um, with all the things that you, you know, some of them that you really should do. Other things are, hey, just things that you could do. Um, but hey, what can you do to make this better? Um, so in the morning, viewing sunlight within an hour of waking. Okay. Um, Dr. Andrew Huberman has got a popular podcast. He kind of popularized this of all the things he's covered in health. The first podcast he did was about this. That tells you how important he thinks it is. Um, but getting outside and viewing sunlight, the sunlight specifically as opposed to artificial light is, you know, our bodies have evolved with that for however long we've been around um, to help us know that, hey, the, the day is beginning. You know, so kind of gets all these different functions uh, up and going, up and online, um, but as, as well as sets a timer um, that helps you fall asleep. About, you know, about 16 hours later. So that'll make it easier to fall asleep that night if you start your day this way. And sunlight through windows or through your windshield, sitting by having coffee, it's cold outside. It's, it's definitely not the same. I mean, you could get it, but it takes multiple hours versus if you're in, say, bright sun in what, five minutes. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of what they say is great. If it's a cloudy day, even 10 minutes is good. It doesn't have to be bright, bright sunlight. And again, we don't have a big um, option with that. Um, but yeah, again, you might get up at 6 a.m. and it's still dark outside. As long as you're getting it in that kind of first couple hours that the sun is up, you know, maybe take a break, go outside, be on the phone call, being um, exposed to that bright natural sunlight is just so, so imperative. Yeah. 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 So yeah, out, outside, not inside, not through a window, uh, even on cloudy days. Yeah. A little bit longer. Uh, yeah. More like that 10 to 20 range, but still vital. Um, yeah. hundred percent recommend that. Um, Delaying caffeine for 90 to 120 minutes after waking. Um, not as commonly uh, known, you know, probably the, the classic practice is to get up and just make that pot of coffee right away. Um, but not to dive too deep into the weeds on this one, but there's a, a buildup of a molecule in your body called adenosine over the course of a day that makes you sleepy. When you wake up, most of that has been cleared, but not all of it. 
And when you have caffeine right away, it, it inhibits the clearance of the rest of that molecule. So then when the caffeine wears off, you have more of that afternoon crash that might lead to more caffeine and then impaired sleep that night. Um, as opposed to if you wait 90 to 120 minutes here, everything's just going to function a lot better. You probably won't have that afternoon crash. You'll probably not feel the need for that drink of coffee and then sleep better that night. Yeah. And travel, performance, your, your, your schedule for competing or you got an early morning um, uh, you know, report to give, you know, you, you might have a little caffeine then, but then go right back to what the normal is. So again, we're talking kind of your, your natural, you know, 80% of all your big bang for your buck is going to come from these basic things. If you're weighing off here or there, it's not that big a deal, but make this your, your priorities. Yeah. Um, delaying eating for 60 minutes, um, kind, of, kind of kind of similar rationale. Your body just has a lot of different things it's 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 doing when when the day begins to kind of get up and running. Um, if you add digestion to that mix, some of the rest of your waking up processes might not go as well. So just waiting a little bit to uh, bring in food can help your morning uh, go a little bit better. Help your body know, uh, help your body wake up a little bit better. And I was gonna say, and, and along those lines too, if you wake up and you're not hungry, don't don't eat. If an hour later you're still not hungry, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Wait till your body's ready, and then try to be consistent. Like for me, around nine to 120 minutes is when my body says, hey, I want to eat. If I eat a little bit earlier, sometimes I get a little GI distress. Um, when if I eat then, even if I eat the same exact food, but at a slightly different time window, I feel better, I digest it better, and my body performs better. So so again, these are just kind of that minimum. If you want to push it back a little bit more, that's fine. No big deal. Don't yep. force yourself if you're not hungry. Yeah. Um, exercise. Um, exercise is a great way for your body to know, okay, again, the day, day is up and rolling. It may not work for your schedule to do your full you know, fledged workout in the morning. And that's totally okay if your schedule or your preference is to work out later in the day. Um, but just an optional tool to help your body know it's awake is even just doing a short walk or you know, doing some you know, five minutes of stretching in the morning. Just a little bit of movement is helpful to raise your body temperature and just kind of let your body know, hey, day, day's, day's rolling here. Um, and then lastly, cold exposure. Um, cold exposure, um, whether it's, you know, cold plunge or cold shower um, is a, you know, very powerful uh, tool. Um, one, you get a big adrenaline release, big dopamine release from this. So just, you know, a nice positive rush <laughs> to start the day. Um, but also counterintuitively, this raises your body temperature. Um, being exposed to cold, your body will raise its temperature in response to that. And you want your body temperature to raise slightly during the day and then dip slightly at night. We'll come back to that later. Um, but this can be another helpful way to wake yourself up in the morning. Um, so just to quickly summarize one more time, view sunlight, Delay caffeine for 90 to 120 minutes, delay eating for at least 60 minutes, um, exercise, whether it's your full workout or something quick, and cold exposure are all good tools to improve your morning routine. Yeah. Getting into the rest of the day, kind of so from, you know, from that morning routine until sunset. Um, if you do not do your full workout in the morning, you know, exercise at some point during the day, um, especially during the winter, some of you might be exercising later than this, and that's, you know, Get, getting your workout in is obviously vital, um, but just know that the closer you wait to bedtime, the greater chance of exercise disrupting your sleep, especially if you're doing you know, very intensive exercise or some you know, brutal intervals on the bike. If you're really putting yourself into like fight or flight mode, it's going to be hard to bring yourself back down to rest and recover mode. Um, so, you know, being real intentional about doing some nice wind down breathing or something of that nature if you're exercising later in the day. Um, just, just a heads up. And that's one thing why some people, again, that train here at the facility with us, we have our last class at six mainly because we're not looking to encourage people to do stuff later in the day. If, mm -hmm. if somebody natural, um, they go to bed between say 10, 30, 11, and they're training at six and they push pretty hard, that still gives that optimal window to do that, to get into the food, which we'll get into shortly, um, but still be able to have that appropriate time to wind down versus if you're a natural, uh, a nine o'clock bedtime person, you're trying to train at six, seven at night, 
you probably already know without us telling you that this is not good because my sleep's not as good. I don't feel as good the next day, even though I was like, I got to get it in. So um, the nice thing is you use your intuition. Your body will tend to tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing. Um, stop caffeine intake by 12 to 4 PM, you know, kind of really the sooner, the better, but the half-life of caffeine is very long. It's in your system for a while. So even if you don't feel, you know, jittery or a rush anymore from your caffeine, it's still going to be impacting your sleep. If you're adjusting it later in the day, uh, than that. And some people metabolize caffeine really fast. Some people are really slow. Again, you know, that really well. So just, just be smart about that. That's what we kind of put that window. Um, keeping naps to either, you know, a brief 15 to 20 minute nap where you're not even really going to get into the deeper, uh, deeper sleep stages, um, or kind of that 75 to 90 minute zone where you've kind of made it through one full cycle. You're not waking up in the middle of deep sleep. Or you're going to feel all groggy and, you know, less <laughs> energetic than you were before the nap. Um, um, one of those two zones are kind of good spots to be in longer than that. You might be confusing your body of, of what, what time of day it is and making it harder to fall asleep that night. And for those of you that let's say you, you had, you know, finals two, three nights in a row and you're up staying late, da, 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 um, use this as a way to help with that sleep debt that you've accumulated. Naps can be great. You know, people that are training really hard, have performances, let's say, you know, professional athletes that are, you know, have a seven o'clock say baseball game and they were, you know, have time zone changes, stuff like that. Use these naps to your, um, to your, to your aid, to yeah. whatever, to your advantage can be really helpful. So some people, oh, naps are for wussies, whatever, you know, they're, they're really good. They've been proven, um, you know, in the literature as well as being a very helpful thing, but just kind of trying to stay with these time zones, like Kyle said, so you're not waking up and, um, you know, a lot of us, again, have gotten uh, jolted up by something and it just takes forever to get ourselves kind of back up and running. Yeah. Um, viewing natural evening lights. We talked about viewing uh, sunrise and why that's a vital habit. Um, but viewing the sunset or at least kind of you know late afternoon sunlight is also really valuable. It gives your body kind of a second anchor point where it knows, hey, what time is it right now? Um, again, we've evolved with the, the, the sunrise and sunset for as, as long as we as long as we know. Um, the wavelengths of sunset are different than that of sunrise. So your body, your 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 body knows that yeah, this is the end of the day, not the start of the day. Um, and um, so again, helping you kind of shift into that wind down mode, as well as this can offset some, but not all of the negative effects of artificial light later in the day, um, which we'll talk about in a second. So again, not, you're not, you don't get a free pass on the artificial light later in the day, um, but doing sunset can help, uh, help you wind down. Yeah. And, and there's a taking like a walk before or after dinner, you know, as the sun's coming down, it's just nice. It's kind of a little more restorative. The busyness of the day is done. We're starting to back off and it'll actually help you digest that later in the day meal better as well. Yeah. That's not one that I get every day, just being someone who coaches typically in the afternoon and early evening. And when I do, I notice a difference. I sleep like a baby that night for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and then the bulk of your food intake should, should be during the day. We'll talk about you know when to kind of stop your food intake in a second. Um, but it's you know the, the majority of your caloric intake should be you know somewhere from that you know hour plus after waking up to around sunset. Okay. Um, getting into the evening, as you're getting closer to sleep time, um, preparation. Okay. Start now. Start to minimize artificial and overhead light. Really, the, the less the better. Um, so overhead light specifically, um, because the the ret the, the portion of your retina that senses uh, light that kind of communicates with your body clock is on the bottom of your retina, which you know overhead light hits. So if you need to have light to you know do stuff in the evening, which we all do, um, lower is better. You know desk lamps, candles, uh, that type of thing, instead of having light up overhead, um, dimmer is better. Mm -hmm. um, and then just you know your your Classic bright fluorescent light is going to interfere 
um, with your body's uh, understanding that it's nighttime now more than uh, dimmer lights, more reds, more yellows, um, and uh, you know, like even yeah, natural light like a candle as opposed to an artificial light will will be better for you as well. Um, so in the Huberman podcast that we kind of referenced earlier, um, he says you know it's kind of a cruel mechanism that your body needs a lot of light. It needs natural light in the morning to realize that it's daytime. Artificial light in the morning is not enough to trigger that mechanism, um, but a little bit of artificial light at night is enough to throw off the mm -hmm. it's now time to wind down mechanism. So again, sunlight in the morning. Sunlight in the evening, if possible, minimal artificial light after sunset. Uh, on just side note, there the the sun lamps that are commonly used, say in the Pacific Northwest or Alaska, those those can be really helpful if you can't get outside. If you're in a position where you can't, that would be okay. You know, sunlight, natural, way better. But that would be a good secondary source if you don't have it. And again, early in the day versus later in the day. Yeah. Also, other things for getting ready to wind down: no food or alcohol uh, two to three hours before bed. Um, so start with food. Um, again, your your body. Uh, digestion takes a lot of energy. So if you're trying to wind down and kind of shift into sleep mode, you don't want your body to have to be processing a, a massive meal just before going to bed. Um, and then uh, alcohol, you know, can, can you limit that to one to two drinks? And again, ideally a couple hours from bed, um, you, it might feel like, Hey, I, I, when I have a couple of drinks, I knock out, I, I, I'm just, boom, I hit the, hit the pillow hard. <laughs> um, and that might be true, but it is wrecking the quality of your sleep. You're not going to get much deep sleep at all. Um, if you have had more, you know, any alcohol really, but especially more than, than one or two. Um, having some sort of a wind down routine to again, kind of take your body from that more sympathetic, you know, fight or flight nervous system mode into your rest and recover parasympathetic mode. Um, and this could look like a variety of things. This could be, you know, reading could be a, a puzzle, could be some sort of meditation, some sort of breathing practice could be, um, you know, writing a to-do list for the next day. So you're not up at night thinking about all the things you have to do the next day, you know, write it down, you know, then let it go, get it off your mind. Um, you know, there's a variety of things that can kind of fill this gap, but it's ideally things that are not that don't involve a bright screen in your face <laughs> um, and that help you downregulate. Yeah. Think of things that are not stimulating. Like don't read this book where you're like, Oh man, this is awesome. I can't, I got to keep going, you know, find, find things that are almost boring, you know, in that regards, get some of that kind of reading done at that point, maybe in the morning on a Saturday, you having your coffee, that's when you get to your exciting stuff. But yeah, stick with things. Um, like I said, that it just helped bring you and kind of wind you down. Like we said here, and, uh, I know a lot of people have had benefit is like, Hey, I want to go to bed at 10. Well, I'm going to start my, my routine at eight 30 or nine, depending on what they have. Okay. I do this. I have my shower. I, I do my, uh, my meditation, my stretching. Um, and then I, um, you know, put on a candle. I look at the, you know, and then your body will start to trigger, Hey, this is that time I'm going to be asleep in an hour. And people who have that consistent wind down routine, again, generally sleep, sleep so much better. That's why even with kids, a lot of this stuff was became very apparent as we had our couple kids and going through and how much they just love um you know their their cycles and and their wind down time because we didn't do that we would pay for it especially the next day mm -hmm. um and then you know it also kind of showed the light what what travel does when you get into different time zones what and you change daylight savings how the kids are just so solid on their circadian rhythm and how just one hour can really just throw them off um, that's when this stuff really really came to light to me um, and again, the research has been backing it up all along. Yeah. Well, and then a warm shower or bath in the evening can help you wind down for kind of the opposite reason that we said the cold exposure can wake you up. Um, and, uh, when you are going to bed, you need your body temperature to drop. That actually kind of has to happen for you to fall asleep. It's almost like a, a gate that you have to cross, um, a warm shower or bath, uh, again, somewhat, uh, like another word, but 
kind of contradictory, but it cools your body temperature down in response to the warm, uh, you know, being exposed to something warm, your body then decreases its own internal temperature, which is going to help you. Uh, wind and generally, I, I believe it, it has to drop at least two degrees yeah. for it to, that to happen. That's why having, um, ha having an environment with that, with your wind down routine, where you kind of create that um, so that your body can get in, everybody loves and they get nice and warm because their core temperatures drop, boom, they're out. Mm -hmm. Yep. So then, you know, getting into an environment, you know, can you have a cool, dark, quiet place to sleep? Um, so it doesn't mean, you know, yeah, be shivering. Like Peter said, you can still, you know, feel warm and secure under your blanket, uh, but you don't want to feel hot. You don't want to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going to be restless. And um, if that's the case in the summer, you know, hey, get a fan on, open the window, maybe even stick one foot out from underneath the cover, <laughs> um, have, have your body be able to cool down um, a dark room. Um, and this can, you know, the darker, the better. So some people, you know, need to even, you know, put tape over the little LED light on their TV and get some <laughs> nice blackout <laughs> curtains, right? Um, the darker, the better. Um, and then a quiet room. Um, it, sometimes, you know, people can benefit from, you know, a little white noise machine, but, you know, generally you don't want your partner to be watching TV while you're trying to go to bed. <laughs> Worst yeah. thing ever. Yeah. And then think about how can I create a cave, yeah. a nice, cool, dark kind of cave where, you know, like you see in the movies, they got a fire going and it's quiet. They're kind of conversion for the day, winding down, getting that to-do list off and then again, sleeping like a baby. Mm -hmm. um, and then some other things that you might do that don't really kind of fit anywhere into the, uh, the you know, aforementioned sections here, um, wearable devices. Um, so for me, like this is just a little Fitbit I got off eBay, but when I first got it, about two years ago now, even just having something that was showing me my sleep data, you know, helped me realize, hey, what things are good for me and what things are not good for me. Alcohol is a big one. Hey, whenever I have a little bit to drink, my sleep data is terrible. Okay, that made drinking less appealing. It, hel it helped me drink less um, because I was having some sort of data showing me that, uh, that hey, when you do that, you don't sleep well. Um, the only cons of that can be if people get really obsessive about the data and maybe they did sleep okay and they, they feel pretty good, but the data just isn't perfect and now they're stressed and they, um, they kind of just overanalyze. So that can be a time or maybe just to step away from the data for a little bit. But in general, I think it's at least a helpful tool um, for a time. I'm only using your bed for sleep and sex. If you are someone who is, you know, watching TV in bed all day and, you know, then they're doing, you know, various to do's and doing work in bed and on the computer in bed. Your, your brain is going to associate that space with wake time as opposed to sleep time. And it'll be harder to fall asleep there. If that's the only thing I do is, hey, when I get in bed, I am going to bed. Um, it'll be a lot easier um, to do that. Uh, and then lastly, I'm using mouth tape to promote nasal breathing. Um, nasal breathing is associated with more of that kind of parasympathetic rest and recover system, more of a diaphragmatic breath as opposed to the upper chest, you know, kind of fight or flight breath of, you know, I'm hyperventilating as the, uh, the airplane's going down or as I'm running from a bear, right? Um, so many, many people who have issues with snoring um, or, you know, waking up yourself or your partner, um, mouth tape can be a, a very helpful tool for that. Yeah, I was to say, I had a wearable for, I don't know, I wore it for a couple of years, but that was actually something looking at my respiratory rate went down. I went from like 14 to 12 um, breaths per minute when I started mouth tape. Um, and you know, I, and, and you also notice too, your breath probably doesn't, you won't, maybe you'll have to ask your partner, I guess, but shouldn't, shouldn't stink as bad too, because you don't have that kind of active bacteria that's getting, um, fed the, the natural um, carbon dioxide as you're going, but, um, it, yeah, it can be so helpful. And that's when, like Kyle said, the wearables are good for a period. Um, you know, there's pros and cons of, of, um, the data, like, um, Kyle was saying, but experimenting, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't for you, you know, like the alcohol for me was another huge thing. And even eating late at night, sometimes I could have little snacks. I don't want to wake up hungry, but I didn't realize how much it affected my sleep. And as soon as I had changed that routine, all of a sudden things improved, sleep improved. And some of the things that I was going after with trying to eat that food happened naturally through, through, you know, better ways. I wasn't fighting against my physiology. 
And if you think the mouth tape is weird, I did too when I first met Peter a few years ago. I never heard of that before meeting Peter. Um, I have since heard it from other legitimate sources as well. <laughs> so what? Yeah. A, a very, very good, helpful tool. Um, but it, again, if your first impression is what mouth tape, you're not alone, right? But again, I promise a good, a good helpful tool. Um, yeah. And then uh, other things, um, supplementation. Um, so here's a list of supplements that that you me might might be considering. Um, these are all kind of pulled from another one of the Andrew Huberman podcasts that I mentioned earlier, and we'll we'll share in the uh, the source notes at the uh, in, in the the notes here. Um, but magnesium, uh, apigenin, theanine, those are kind of some of his kind of big rock supplements that uh, that he highly recommends. Um, you're talking about melatonin here. Yeah, melatonin is why we put use with caution. It's probably probably used the most. Um, the hard part is, I mean, even if you looked at melatonin at a store, you might see one gram, three grams, five, seven grams, they're all over the gamut. Um, and when it's processed and by the time it's shipped and when it gets to you and you actually open it up, the active ingredient, how much is left. So it, it's one of those things that's um, really hard to know. Um, and our body naturally is going to produce melatonin if we do the things right with all the stuff that we've talked about. Um, so that if you start using it and then almost abusing it where you're doing it all the time, you'll start to almost build a tolerance like you can with other things and it'll start to downregulate what your body's natural production is. So it's, it's one of those that I think can be helpful. Like, Hey, I, I'm changing time zones just to help me for the first day or two. Um, but generally err on the, on the less side and then don't use it long-term. It might be for a little bit and then try to get yourself off of it. Again, check with your doctor is always the smartest and best way to do that. But that's, that's one of those. That's why we just kind of have that asterisk on there to just proceed with caution. Yeah. Yeah, for all these, yeah, definitely like check check with your doctor before you know picking up any of these, um, as well as you know get your other behaviors in check as much as possible. Don't start here. Don't be like, well, I don't do any of that other stuff. I'll just supplement and knock myself out. You know, get your other behaviors in line, and then if you're still struggling, then kind of look look to this route. Um, okay, so here's just a good summary again of everything we already talked about, just to kind of put it all on one slide in case you guys wanted to screenshot that and have it in one place. Um, don't need to go through all these again, but again, you know, in, in your your morning routine. Hey, well, things you can do during the day, things you can do in the evening. Do we expect you to do all of these things? Do we do all of these things every day? No, you know, de de definitely not, right? Um, but you know, if you are struggling with sleep, okay, well then, hey, look for the things on the sheet that you're not currently doing, and okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that a try. See if that helps me, you know, and kind of find your big rocks. Everyone's gonna respond differently and have their own kind of really key habits that, hey, if I don't do this, I'm in trouble. I, but when I do that, I'm I'm in the groove, right? Um, so that's kind of what we recommend um, is that you um, you know, kind of find, Hey, what works for you? Like for me, it's the, it's the morning sunlight. I'm not, not a caffeine user. So then the rest of my day is pretty, pretty straightforward. And then the evening, you know, minimizing artificial light and just having kind of the same wind down routine mm -hmm. I've had, you know, within 20, 15 minute, probably sleep wake times, 90% of the days, the last few years, um, which has been awesome. It's like, those are kind of my, my big rocks. Yeah. The, the, the natural circadian rhythm, waking up and going to bed at the same time is definitely probably my number one thing you know some of these other things are kind of sure helpful but the closer i stick to that and all these things will help prime that or take it away um but that's where i've i have found the the best restorative sleep where again i feel good on a on a day-to-day -day basis where i chronically am in a good state i may not be ideal i may not be low but i i'm i'm doing well yeah cool um so in summary um sleep matters um assess where you're at right now you know Total time, consistent sleep, wake times, how's your energy throughout the day? Um, if you want to improve it, pick one to three things to work on, you know, maybe one morning thing, one day thing, one evening thing, uh, and then just see how it goes, right? And you can kind of repeat that process. So this is, you know, again, just a big, you know, list of tools here that, that you can have in your toolbox that you can play with and see hey, what works the best for you.
Yeah, so that's kind of the, the wrap up of the seminar portion of our presentation. Um, but we have a couple questions that we wanted to get to here. First one was a sleeping posture. You know, is there is there an ideal position to sleep in? Um, and, you know, first and foremost, hey, just whatever you find the most comfortable, <laughs> whatever's going to help you sleep the best. So again, a little bit of individuality here. Um, but in general, you know, sleeping on your stomach is probably the worst, um, just because you're generally going to be in this kind of cranked, cranked neck position all night. Um, you're a little harder to tend to be in a little overextended posture. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if you don't have a preference, maybe, maybe we'd urge you just to, you know, try being a back or slide sleeper first. Um, and just looking for, you know, are there any individual injuries you have? You know, if I'm someone who my back doesn't like to be, to be flexed, I have some sort of in, intolerance to that position for, for whatever reason. Okay. Well then can I be in a position maybe where I put a, a pillow under my back or if I'm the opposite, if I'm someone who extension makes my back feel real stiff, well then maybe I need to elevate my legs a little bit to kind of put me into more of a flexed position. Um, so a little bit of individuality there, but just play with it and see what works best for you. And if, if none of that applies to you, I wouldn't worry about it too much um i don't try to you know be in this perfect posture and, and, and try to sleep like that you know just good you're, luck you're yeah. gonna be okay yeah. <laughs> um how do i develop a routine to wake up earlier we addressed this earlier but i just wanted to revisit it for, for this person one more time again morning sunlight i'd say number one hey, get outside and look at the sun as soon as you uh, wake up at your ideal time um, and then again the cold exposure movement early in the day could be things that again help your body kind of get used to this new time and waking up at that new time uh, and then delaying the caffeine and delaying food um, uh, from your ideal start time so again if you're normally an 8 a.m person okay we'll get up at six you'll look at the sun as soon as you can um, you know cold you know a little bit of movement and a cold shower and then you know start start your food and caffeine and take a little bit later another thing that's helpful too is if you tend to eat late can we just start to slowly incrementally do that i i try to do that too if i'm going to be traveling to these coasts where my in-laws live i'll try to slowly start pushing my schedule back just a little bit so that i'm a little bit you know halfway there by the time i get there and then it's a little bit easier to make that adjustment and then when i come back is start just kind of priming a little bit earlier mm -hmm. um you know so like i said if i if i'm traveling um you know back an hour if i want to wake up instead of seven i want to get up at six what do i do to prepare just start to slowly shift things maybe 10 minutes here 10 minutes there and then after a while your body will naturally um start to do that more consistently totally yeah yeah. Um, any recommended aids for waking up between two and 3 a.m. each night? Um, first thing we'd say is just every, everything we talked about, <laughs> really, you know, look at your morning routine. No, number one, um, you know, can, can I, is there anything I can address there? Am I viewing light in the morning? Am I taking care of those things? Because um, again, that will exert more sleep pressure on you at the end of the night. It'll be easier to fall asleep. Um, then, hey, what's your wind down routine? Are you, am I, am I kind of sufficiently getting myself, you know, down regulated before bed? Um, if that's still happening, you know, you could try that same wind down routine at that time to help you, you know, hopefully get back to sleep faster. Um, there's, you know, some good, you know, YouTube videos of, you know, kind of pr protocols that, you know, or, you know, some sort of meditation protocol that's, you know, trying to help you downregulate. You can look into that as well. Um, from the Huberman podcast, he specifically recommended the supplement inositol um, for, for this specific issue of helping you fall back asleep sooner. I know nothing about that other than what is, is in that podcast. Again, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes, um, but just we'll have that there for you. Some people find at the end of the day, having food to help your body produce more serotonin because it's a metabolite of melatonin to let your body naturally, um, produce that. So um, some sources are your kind of fish oils, um, protein mm -hmm. uh, is another one, like everybody knows, um, like tryptophan is upstream from serotonin, serotonin, melatonin, and, you know, turkey's got its classic, you know, I, that's why I fall asleep. We won't get into that, but, mm -hmm. uh, but having um, stuff like that, or things like um, tart dairy juice, walnuts, raspberries, those are all things that will help your body produce a little bit more serotonin to help this process as you go. So you might start including a couple of those things later in the day, but 
again, like Kyle said, the most important thing is how you start your day and then just getting your body into that cycle. And then if you do wake up, try not to freak out, try to find it, whether it's meditation, whether it's just focus on just really good breath work. Um, but just, it's okay. You know, I've had people get up and start the whole process again. I'm going to brush my teeth, you know, keeping the lights really low. And uh, I'm going to read with a candle for a little bit. And after a while, their bodies, they're, they're, you know, tend to be very overactive brain. So we just want them to just, Hey, take a chill pill and let your body just kind of work your way back into sleep. So. Um, is protein drinks before bed? Are they, are, they, are those good for recovery? Um, so we talked earlier in the slide uh, deck about, you know, not eating, um, you know, ideally, you know, a couple hours before bed and we still, you know, stand by that generally your body, you don't want your body to be having to do that digestion while you're asleep. Um, but Peter, do you want to talk about some reasons why you might do this? Why, why this could be good? Yeah. So some people that are, are really trying to gain weight or they did a poor job early in the day to say, like, getting their close to, you know, 0.8 um, grams to one gram per uh, gram of body weight. Um, they might get a little something like like a casein. I, I, you know, if it's if it's a liquid, it's it's small, not a lot, where it's going to cause you to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night too. Um, something like that can be helpful with a little bit of a slower digesting protein, but keep it fairly small. Um, you know, it maybe even warm it up a little bit. So again, it's not something cold to to raise your core temperature. We want to try to again suppress it like we want to do there. Um, but again, I, I'd experiment with that um, and just see sometimes you might not have had enough to eat with your, your last meal. So maybe increase that just a little bit so your body is less likely to need it later. Um, but but if it's something that you really feel and you really want, um, go, go ahead, like I said, and try it. And, you know, if you had a, a wearable, that can be helpful too to just use that information that it gives you. Um, but as a general thumb, I would look at some of these other things first before maybe going down that route. Yeah. So yeah, wouldn't wouldn't go out of your way to add this in. Um, but again, there there could be reasons why it does make sense for you. So just to kind of um, play around with some of those variables that Peter just discussed. Um, so those are our questions that we got ahead of time. Let's check our chat here. And uh, if desired, do you recommend a certain sleep aid, um, or do health practitioners ever recommend an over the counter sleep aid? Um. Generally, I, I will want to go one of these other routes, first and foremost, things that are, again, a little bit more natural to our body. Um, when you're changing time zones, you're going through some like a, a rough health spell, they they can be helpful. Again, I'm not going to speak for a doctor because I am not. Um, but I, I would, again, proceed with caution on those. Try not to use those. Those things um, can become addictive. Everything that's coming from a, a medication is going to have some side effects, too. We don't necessarily know how you're going to respond. Um but I, I would try to work on all these fundamental things that, that we were the way we are created, what we are blessed with, trying to utilize those as much as possible and only kind of in, in the road. Hey, I'm still struggling. We've tried this, 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 this. Definitely talk to your doc. Some some people, again, they might find, you know, they have sleep apnea. They wake up and, um, you know, a, a CPAP machine may be something that that's up their alley to, to help them get that restful sleep. Or or maybe their their partner is the one that is the one that's snoring and keeping them up and they're struggling with that. And so trying to look at more than the natural alternatives before going into your, um, you know, getting into the medication route. I would, I would start there first before getting into something like that. Yeah. Cool. So kind of to wrap things up, I just wanted to come back to our one kind of big overview slide here where we listed all the different tools um, just to you can have that in front of you one more time. Again, almost think of that as a report card for yourself. Yeah. How am I doing on these habits? If I'm, you know, 
20%, well, I probably wouldn't jump right to supplementation and sleep aids. Okay? But if I'm, you know, starting to really check these off, then that could be something I would, I would look into. Um, and for those of you with an overactive brain, like myself, having a little notepad, sometimes I'll wake up at two o'clock. Oh, I got to this, try to jot it down you know, without turning on the phone. Um, again, keeping the light as minimal as possible, just so you can clear the head even better as a part of your eating routine, have that little notepad. Maybe you spend 10, 15 minutes. Okay. How did my day go? What do I need to get done tomorrow? And just get them done on paper. So you're not lying awake going, I can't, I can't forget. I can't forget. I can't forget. Again, I, guilty of that so much so just if that's something that you like i said get it into your routine get your body that uh, opportunity to to get it out of the system so that you can just shut it down yeah so you know have something in, in your morning routine to help your body know time to wake up then over the course of the day transition into winding down be consistent with those sleep wake times get your sleep in um you'll be thankful so thanks for joining yeah. us and uh we'll uh we'll catch up with you guys get, next get, month get some good sleep tonight get some good sleep tonight <laughs> yeah enjoy <laughs>